This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 312 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by EcoGold. You can visit them at ecogold.ca. Enjoy today's tip. Hi, everybody. Glenn the Geek back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, and you're listening to Horse Tip Daily. Sorry for my voice. I'm still fighting the WEG flu that went around that almost everybody that went to the World Equestrian Games got and seems to be coming back a bit. Uh, Seems to be happening to everybody I know who had it. It just gives you one round right after another, and uh, we can thank the World Equestrian Games, I guess, for that. But today we have back with us one of the most enjoyable and passionate horse dentists you're going to find anywhere. And he's one of the most popular, too, and that's Dr. Tucker. Dr. Jeff Tucker is an equine dentist, and he's uh, he's popular on Twitter, and he does seminars, and and, uh, also still floats some teeth, too, I understand. He has a website called TheEquinePractice.com, and he travels the country practicing his craft. He uses the tagline, Equine Dentistry Without Drama, as an advocate of no power tools. When he's around the horse's mouth, it's a power tool-free zone. And we'll get Dr. Tucker on the line right after these few short words from Eco Gold. And I have to say, this little message uh, was brought to you by Jessica Phoenix, who was who turned out to be one of the infamous riders of cross country at the eventing at the World Equestrian Games. She had the, uh, the probably the most exciting ride of the day. If you haven't seen the video of her ride, I will put it on today's show notes, episode 312. Her horse and her took a little bit of a nosedive after a jump in the cross-country phase of the World Equestrian Games at the water jump called the Head of the Lake. And it was it was spectacular, and they got up and kept going. It was amazing how she stayed on. It was amazing the horse had the fortitude to keep going. They're both okay, but when you see this video, I'm telling you, it's, an, it's a wild ride. So check it out on today's show notes, episode 312, with Dr. Tucker. And we'll be right back after these words from Eco Gold. And the reason I brought that up is Jessica Phoenix is in this commercial. Well, you've heard me tell you about Eco Gold. Now let's hear from one of the professional riders that actually uses the products uh, every day in her professional career. And that is eventer, international Canadian eventer, Jessica Phoenix, WEG hopeful for 2010. Let's hear from Jessica and see how she likes Eco Gold. I love EcoGold products. I've used their saddle pads and their cross-country and open-front show jump boots for over a year now, and I'm just thrilled with the results. They're very breathable. They provide great protection, and all of our horses have benefited from using them in competition. Well, thanks, Jess, and you can learn more about all of EcoGold's products by going to ecogold.ca. That's ecogold.ca. Well, hi, Dr. Tucker, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Hello, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And today we're going to talk with you a little bit about something that we don't normally talk about here on the show, which is kind of fun, and that's legalities. And I didn't know you had your law degree, too. (laughs) I thought it was just your doctor degree and you ran around doing the dentistry thing. Well... Honestly, my dad was an attorney, so I got it through osmosis. Okay, there you go. You didn't even have to take the bar exam. That's great. (laughs) 
Uh, it's funny, uh, the legality of equine dentistry has been on the forefront, especially with Oklahoma arresting one of their prominent rodeo stars who had become an equine dentist. And oh, okay, they said, can you tell that story? Because I don't, I, didn't, I don't know it. I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't. Um, honestly, I can't remember the time frame. Uh, things have kind of gone fast, but okay. probably two years ago, um, a rodeo star that everybody loved in Oklahoma decided to do equine dentistry as a way to earn a living now that his rodeo career was over. And with, he was going with out with no training. Well, I don't know. He, okay. he may have gone out to got, get trained or not. That's a whole different issue that I'd love to talk about. But um, apparently in the state of Oklahoma, it was against law to float teeth unless you're a licensed veterinarian. So they finally arrested him and actually put him in jail. Um, really? With, with a felony, yes. Wow. And uh, a lot of the people in the state of Oklahoma got very upset and um, went to the Cong uh, legislators. And as one legislator put it, and this is a quote – um, or somewhat of a quote. He said, if I hear the word equine dentistry one more time, I'm going to scream. <laughs> it basically shut down their government until they changed the law and uh, took him out of jail and said, um, listen, if you uh, go to s these schools and get accreditation, you can go out and practice. But in addition, they also said that we're going to make it so you can go to, de uh, to a veterinarian and ask for drugs and take those drugs to your client and administer those drugs to the horse. And, and the veterinarians got all upset, and they said, oh, these guys are going to go out and start selling controlled substances, and it's just going to be you know, drugs on the street. Date rape drugs are going to come out. It's going to be horrific. So the vets made a big deal out of it, and, and, and the horse owners don't know the difference between a good dentist and a bad dentist. They don't know if a vet should do it or not vet should do it, and it's, it is such a polarizing debate. But believe it or not, Glenn, back in 1995 or 96, somewhere in there, when I was in the New York State Equine Practice Committee, uh, we discussed equine dentistry and whether it should be legal for non-veterinarians to do it. Because back in the 90s, you had to be a veterinarian to practice equine dentistry. But none of the vets wanted to do dentistry because they thought it was beneath them. In fact, uh, I asked this one gal uh, just three years ago who's a uh, practicing veterinarian out of New York. She wanted to watch how I worked on a horse, and she says, no, that's just grunt work, which is pretty much a slap in the face because I was always told that it was an important part of veterinary medicine. So um, back in the 96, we, we discussed it and turned out that we're not going to change the law. We're going to keep it as only equine uh, veterinarians or veterinarians can perform equine dentistry. And by the way, we're going to turn our head, and nobody really cares. Yeah, I which, mean nobody's going to enforce it. Well, they didn't until the New York State um, uh, Racing Association, NYRA, uh, their attorney said, hold, hold on here. I mean we've got really important horses at our track, and we're allowing this felony to occur. We're wide open a lawsuit, and they shut down the equine dentist in New York and said, cease and desist. Do not work anymore, uh. and, and then uh, that just got overturned, and now uh, non-veterinarians can work in New York. As equine dentist, that didn't make the paper because it wasn't sensational. But what got me was I asked all my equine dentist friends up there, "Why didn't you call me? Here I am, a veterinarian. I would have stood up for you." And they all kind of scratched their heads and said, "We never thought about it, Doc. We didn't think you'd take our side." Here's the bottom line, Glenn. There's thousands. There's, how many how many horses are in the United States? You know, it's an an amazing number. And the problem is there's not enough 
dentists, veterinarian or non-veterinarians, to take care of all the horses out there. So we should be encouraging as many people as possible to become qualified and, and go out there. And that was my wife laughing at something else. <laughs> Is she laughing Just, at you, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> no, she, she's watching something else, and she's got a cat on her lap punching her in the face. And oh gosh, anyway, she she stopped laughing now. <laughs> um, so here's the point: there's a lot of horses out there that are not getting adequate dental care. But here's the scary part: a lot of states like Virginia and Oklahoma, and I'm sure other states, and maybe Texas, have required that if anybody wants to float teeth in their state, they have to go to these certification schools. And the scary thing about these certification schools is there's nobody overseeing them to, to make sure that what they're teaching is really legit. So there's no science behind these schools. Now, this is going to get a lot of these schools upset with me. And they're going to say, oh, yes, we have all these science, and here's these textbooks out there. But I kind of touched on this a while ago, and I actually did something with you that was very confusing. It was anecdotal evidence versus evidence-based uh, evidence, um, and 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 the two are are totally different, and yet they're it, it's like eating a cake, and one person says, "Hmm, this cake is really good. I like it." Another person saying, "Yeah, but it's not technically." technically correct it wasn't put together the ingredients weren't right you know you're using illegal substance in this cake or something i don't know uh but they're still cakes so people are going out there floating teeth and the horse is getting done but some of them are using bad science and bad techniques and saying that it's okay for you here's a case in point let me let me just get rid of that and give it tell you a true story in north carolina a veterinarian worked on a horse and he subscribed to the belief that all horses have to be overdrugged, their mouths checked open, and their heads suspended from the ceiling, um, which is what he did. He then went ahead and used it, a compound uh, to reverse the drug so the horse would come out of it so um, the horse could walk back to the stall. This is pretty commonplace throughout the United States. I think it's ridiculous that you have to drug a horse that much to, to uh, float their teeth. But put that aside. This poor veterinarian uh, trusted the manufacturer of this drug to give him something that was good, and it wasn't. It was a compounded drug that was compounded wrong, and he administered it, and two horses died from that reversal drug. So here's two horses that went in for routine dentistry. They were overdrugged. Why? I don't know. And then they were given a reversal drug that was compounded wrongly, and it killed them. Now, that's bad enough, but it's all legal. So the, the, the person did what he's supposed to do. Now mm. the owner of the horse finds out about me, calls me into North Carolina and says, could you do my horse? So I go up there, and I don't use any drugs. Not, it was obviously not the horse that died, but uh, another horse, and the horse just stood there. I went ahead and, and floated, and I did a couple other horses there. They were thrilled, and they apparently went ahead and told their veterinarian. I'm assuming that's what happened, and that vet went to the state boards and said, hey – Dr. Tucker doesn't have a license to, to practice in North Carolina. And so I got a letter from their, their government saying, don't come into North Carolina to practice equine dentistry. Now, huh. okay, I understand that. You know, The states are trying to make sure that charlatans don't come in. They're there to protect their uh, public, their, their people from bad people. So what's bad? Me coming in there and, and taking a skill that's 27 years old and based on decades of, of work – or do they want to trust a veterinarian who's only worked on with something that's maybe 10 years old 
this this newfangled dentistry where they overdrug and they and they jack the mouth open and use power tools it's only 10 years old yet my my uh, profession is is saying this is the better way to do things and yet two horses died from it from a bad mistake so who are they protecting and it's it's very frustrating because i have people all over this great country and outside this country who are saying look we're tired of this stuff and the laws and yet I have to write everybody in North Carolina and say, look, I'm not coming to North Carolina anymore. I just can't. And I'm not going to get a license in every state. I mean that's, that's incredible. So that's what they wanted you to do? Yeah, they just yeah. want my money. Right. So they I have was just going to say usually these laws all involve you paying a fee to be able to do it. Yes, but yeah. in, in defense of that state and all the states, they want to make sure that there's a place for people who have a problem that they can turn to right. so they can come back to me. You, you wouldn't – for a second, hire a non-licensed electrician, plumber, a roofer. Right. In fact, a non-licensed roofer in, the, in, in Florida after hurricanes are thrown in jail. And I can understand that because these people are spending good money. But these aren't roofs. They're not plumbing. They're not electrical devices. These are living, breathing things. And, and we should have some sort of national reciprocity, at least for dentistry. Because we don't have any problem with the farrier. If I was doing hooves where I was correctively trimming and applying therapeutic shoes, I could do it here and in any other state without any problem. And, and yeah, and uh, talk about getting your horse into trouble. I mean, mm -hmm. a farrier can do that uh, in a thousand different ways that a dentist can't even dream about. Exactly. Exactly. So it all boils down to veterinarians are now finding out that they've got ability to earn some extra income that they didn't have 10, 15 years ago because it's now easy. They can drug every horse. They can immobilize the horse and they use power tools. And, and fine, if that's the way they want to approach the horse and their clients are willing to do that, that's fine. I, mean, I, I can't argue it. I just don't think it's the right way to do it. But at least let me come forward to the AAEP, the parent organization of all equine practitioners, and state my case. But you know, they don't contact me because you know, I'm the old-fashioned way. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not glitzy enough. And yet I'm doing thousands and thousands of horses and making a difference every day. Those two horses I did today, I made a huge difference. And yet I don't make it a big deal. So was, I, this whole legality thing, it, it, I, I, there's got to be a summit. But the problem with this, Glenn, is no one will agree. I've already been here you know, 15 years ago. I've already been there. No one will agree what is good dentistry. And everybody thinks their way is the most important way. And yet there's no science behind it. And worse, there's nobody who wants to stick a million or several million dollars behind some research projects to – fully understand what's going on in equine dentistry. So I just go on my way um, and, and I just float teeth and make each horse comfortable. And hopefully there'll be some guys that come along who learn. Like the gal who's working with me now, Melissa, she's got it. And if I can find 15, 20 other people who get it and maybe we can propagate this out, I'd be thrilled. Man, she's but, terrific at it. Y'all, she's amazing. And but, she's not, you know, what amazes me about her is she's this little bitty thing. She's not a great big person. Oh, that's a biggest slap in the face for these guys. Oh, I bet How, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's and she's doing slap. it without power tools and without drugging them up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so in the letter from North Carolina, they said, and not only are you not practicing with a license, even if you had a license, she's absolutely forbidden. Okay, so if, if she's forbidden from floating teeth in North Carolina, how about all the other guys who are out there floating that don't have a license? They're yeah. everywhere. You know, when we w lived in Pennsylvania, we lived – I lived in Lancaster County, Amish country. Mm 
And, you know, there were a bunch of honest dentists out there, you know, yeah. doing their thing. And they, they, they also were non-drugging, obviously. Um, right. And, you know, they were some of them were really good dentists. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, you know, I, I know there's there's a lot of people who who uh, who hate the Amish, so I'll probably get emails about that statement. But, you know, we used an Amish dentist the time we lived there because they weren't drugging and they were doing it. Uh, I'm going to call it the natural way. Um, well, horsemen or horsemen, it doesn't matter what uh, moniker you put on, whether they're from, you know, another country or different religion. If they're good horsemen, they can get in there and get the job done. God bless them. Well, thank you, Dr. Tucker. Where can people learn more about you? <laughs> in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and any of the emails from the your fellow veterinary community can be directed to? Uh, you know, I've already put an open letter to the Oklahoma State Legislator, Legislation. Uh, Legislature. Yeah, yeah, there we that's go. It. Tongue-tied. There we are. Um, and, and ask them uh, if they want some input. I'd be happy to help them. I've done this to AAP, and, and everybody knows I'm there. Nobody wants to talk to me. So they can reach me at theequinepractice.com, and uh, if they want to start a good uh, debate. And I don't mean the drunk from Ireland who told me I was a flaming fool, which I've gotten those before. I'm sure. You know, who, who says there's no <laughs> I way have I can... two, and I'm not even a dentist. I'm a talk show host. <laughs> But a good, honest debate. I'd love to go and start debating this. All right, and that's theequinepractice.com. Thank you, Dr. Tucker. And uh, one thing that has come out today is your passion, and I think that's probably one of the most important things that we could get out there. Super. I appreciate that, Glenn, for allowing me to. Thanks. Well, thank you to Dr. Tucker for joining us today. Dr. Tucker will be back periodically with a variety of useful tips on the horse's mouth or the legalities of the horse's mouth. Any of those things, as you can tell, you can see he's very passionate about what he talks about, and it's at the equinepractice.com. Well, I had the opportunity this week to record the first episode of Tack and Habit uh, back with Helena since the break for the World Equestrian Games. We had put a bunch of them in the can. Uh, for use during the World of Question Games. It was so nice to be recording with Helena again. That'll come out next Tuesday. We had a lot of fun talking about a couple of cool products. So you can find uh, that at tackandhabit.com or all the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And don't forget the new show, Horses in the Morning, the first live morning show for, uh, for the horse world, Monday through Friday for an hour and a half each morning that uh, my new co-host is going to be joining us. Her name is Jamie Jennings, and here's a little bit about that show. This is Glenn the Geek. And I'm Jamie Jennings. Grab a cup of coffee and join us on November 1st for the first ever live morning radio show dedicated to you, the horse addicted. The new show is Horses in the Morning, and it's a light, lively, entertaining daily look at the horse world and the people in it. Horses in the Morning will include entertaining conversation, out-of-the-ordinary guest, contest, giveaways, and so much more. For the first time ever on Horse Radio Network, we'll be able to take your calls and talk about your life with horses. We'll also be giving away some fantastic prizes to you every day. Horses in the Morning will be broadcast live Monday through Friday, 9 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern at HorsesInTheMorning.com or any number of our affiliate websites across the Internet. Plus, you can listen live on your Droid or iPhone with our exclusive phone apps. 
And of course, we will have a recorded version available immediately after the show each day that you can listen to anytime. If you would like to carry our new live daily show on your website, we would love to have you. It's free and easy. Just send us an email at morning at horseradionetwork.com. And Jamie, don't forget that we have some advertising opportunities available now. That's Horses in the Morning starting November 1st, Monday through Friday from 9 to 1030 a.m. Eastern. Well, thank you to Jamie, and we look forward to starting that show on November 1st. We have some terrific guests lined up, so you'll want to join us. And don't forget, you can listen to it recorded if you can't make it from 9 to 10.30 Eastern Time every day at HorsesInTheMorning.com. You can take a listen to it on iTunes or Zoom or on your phone uh, through, through a number of different ways. You can take a listen to the recorded version every day as well. We just want you on board at HorsesInTheMorning.com. Well, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip.